Welcome back. Glad to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. Uh, hopefully you are enjoying your day, as always. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free to, to go ahead and do so. For sure. Uh, by the way, we are going to get into... Uh, into all of it from yesterday with Mike Clemens coming up here in just a little bit. Looking forward to it. Uh, let's see here. Got a couple things that I wanted to get to. Got some emails, too, that uh, came in today that I have uh, neglected, we'll say. Uh, this one is from uh, our buddy Steve who says, uh, Tampa Bay, but do you think that Mike Evans will be suspended? Yes, uh, Steve, he he was. And I'm sure um, you probably sent this prior to the announcement, but uh, no doubt. Uh, also says, happy Monday. Welcome back. I hope you had a great time at Tomahawk. I was wondering if you took the route I recommended west on Highway 8 to Y and follow Y until it comes back to 51. Beautiful drive by the car or the bike. We didn't. I, to answer your question, no, Steve. I've done that. I know what you're talking about. But it didn't get We didn't do a ton of riding. Uh, it was a little drizzly on Friday. Uh, Kristen had to work. She ended up uh, in an unexpected uh, conference call. I got to admit, when I got to Tomahawk Wednesday, I didn't do much of anything. I just... I just was breathing a little bit. Uh, Thursday, uh, went into town and saw some people and uh, sponsored some stuff at the VFW Hall. I shouldn't say sponsor, but I went in. I always support the VFW every time I go there. So went to the VFW Hall on Thursday and Friday. I uh, did one of the, uh, the the gathered rides up north. And then that was really about it. We just kind of went to dinner. We just took it easy, tried to lay low a little bit. Then Saturday was the big day. And and I'll talk more about that coming up here in a couple of minutes. But Saturday was really kind of the big day. He said, I'll give LaFleur credit for sticking to his word and getting the backs more involved. Aaron Jones was spectacular. It was obvious that they were ecstatic. They have Elton Jenkins back at right tackle. I totally agree with you on Rashawn Gary. He had a great game. He's going to be in Tom Brady's face next Sunday as far as Justin Fields is concerned. Uh, he's a very good athlete, but not a good quarterback. Typical Ohio State guy, average at best. Name the best quarterback to come out of Ohio, Ohio State. The best quarterback to come out of Ohio State, could you say Dwayne Haskins or Arch Schleister? I mean, think about it. You got you, you know, uh, Mike Tomzak had success with the Bears. Kirk Herbstreet? No. No, 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 no. Well, that shows you how, how poor it's yeah. been. Yeah, no. Um, not even close. Kirk is one hell of an analyst and a broadcaster, but no. But the best quarterback was probably Mike Tomzak to have sustainability and some type of impact. But no, it was uh, Arch Schleister prior to that. And remember, he ruined his career with betting and and the gambling issues that he had, and then he went into the USF or into the Arena League, and he he stole the checkbook of the Cincinnati Rockers and wrote checks to bookies for his bad debts. I it just he, there's so much there that he just threw completely. I remember when I did uh, I was doing rock radio. I was in Columbus, Ohio, and Arch Schleser, There was a place called Damon's. And it was just south, and I can't remember the name of the town that it was in, but it was just south of the city. And we had a sports guy uh, on our rock station. His name was Mark the Shark. And Mark the Shark was back when Damon's, Damon's was a barbecue place, a rib place. 
and they had like theater style seating and they would have, and that's back when, you know, big screen TVs were first really kind of coming into bars and they had four big screens and you could flip the sound on in your booth to any one of those particular screens and listen to the game and whatever was going on. Arch Leister sat in the corner booth of this Damon's. I want to say Reynoldsburg is where it was, but would sit in the corner booth and have a phone from like the DJ booth put over the back of his booth. You'd see the cord and he'd have the phone there and be making the phone calls to, uh, to, I, you know, I don't think he was calling his family to let him know where he was, but there was the, you know, the rumors were that he had quite a few, you know, bookies going on at the same time watching those games. So when you talk about the best Ohio state quarterback, I'd probably say Schleister had the most talent and threw it away. Tom Zach was probably the best quarterback to ever come out of Ohio state. And, uh, you know, I Justin Fields is just a athletic. I say that in a negative connotation. An athletic quarterback. I don't think he's anything more than that. Uh, great pitching matchup tonight: Scherzer versus Burns. Going to be a lot of channel surfing going on with two football games and the Brewers. Get some rest. That's our buddy Steve in uh, in Richfield. There you have it. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy again. Eight seven seven eight six seven. 1670, you want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Let's get to the phone calls, go back to the phones, and uh, what is it, Daniel listening to us in Toma. Daniel, how you been, buddy? How you doing? I'm good. What's up? The only thing that makes our good weekend is that Minnesota Vikings lose tonight. That's the only thing that makes the weekend. Then it'll be a banner weekend, because that means uh, the Brewers Brewers get a couple of wins, uh, Badgers get a big win, Packers get a win, and the Vikings take a loss. That would be a a good weekend. I agree with you. But I, these people that call you up and says that the rookies need more playing time, of course they are. That's the beginning of the season. They act like this is the 15th week, and oh, my God, they're just getting in. This is only game number two. Correct. Don't you think sometimes people, you know, they, one guy, he called you up, I had three points, you know, they should get more playing time. Well, duh, it's the beginning of the season. Of course they're going to get more playing time. Mm-hmm. They ain't gonna leave him on the bench. Right. But I thought. Did you think Sammy um, did a really good job with that pass he he got from Rogers? And then I thought Randall Cobb had a little bit more motivation last night for catching and all that stuff. But I think they need to involve them guys more than people think. They're well, right. I think that a, a couple of things was one. Sammy Watkins not only on the fifty-five yard reception across the middle, but also he had a couple of breaks where he sprung Aaron Jones downfield. He had some really solid blocks. And and Randall Cobb has always just been a bear killer. He just gets fired up for the Bears for whatever reason and has always right. had good games against them. So uh, Randall, But Randall Cobb did Randall Cobb things. He had an inside slant. He had a – when a play broke down, he had a comeback because he kind of is on that same wavelength with uh, with Aaron Rodgers. So it, it – it, it, you know, it just – he just gets up for those games. But that's what he does. He had a very much – Randall Cobb-like game in conjunction with Aaron Rodgers. You know, only thing I'm trying. To, only thing I was worried about last night. I didn't hear much about the tight end. Uh, is there? Are they just slowly bringing them back? In well, the, yeah, they're overdoing them. No, they're slowly bringing them back. But Tanya had a couple of catches last night. I mean, he's I'm not, not saying big. he didn't have catches now, but it seemed like last, before he got hurt, he seemed to be. I don't know. There was just like. Like he was a step behind, or maybe they just want him to take it easy and, and then work up to it. He's not quite 
I think later on, maybe the more that there was, there wasn't that pot that I seen before he got hurt. No, no, I and appreciate it as always, Daniel. But I'll say this about uh, about uh, Robert Tanyan is Robert Tanyan, they're easing him back. But for the most part, the tight end position for the Packers has been used as a blocker because last week they were keeping the tight ends in. They were getting their ass handed to him on the offensive line. They were keeping the tight ends in. So you weren't going to involve the tight ends in the passing game very much, hardly at all. So, uh, you know, that's the reason it's been somewhat of a, quote, slow start for the tight ends because they were used as blockers. And hopefully once you get Bakhtiari back and Jenkins back and both guys are kind of, you know, I'm not going to say back to form, but climbing back towards form, that's one of the things about Elton Jenkins last night when Matt LaFleur said, hey, you know, he won the game. It's because you could open up the playbook a little bit. You could change a few things because you have a lot of trust in what he can do, you know? Uh, and, Brett, you're right. The best quarterback to come out of Ohio State probably is Joe Burrow. But he ended up transferring. He never played for the Buckeyes. He transferred, and then he ended up going to LSU where he won a national title. I agree. So, uh, yeah, but but that's it. That's it. That's been uh, the best quarterback to come out of Ohio State. 100% agree. Uh, 877-867-1670. Hit us up again. 877-867-1670. Uh, let's go to Tim. Tim, welcome to the program, the Bill Michael Show. What's going on, man? Hey, Bill. Just got to weigh in on the Ohio State quarterback. I'm going old school. One okay. One of Hayes' guys, um, Cornelius Green. Oh, wow. That's, that's going back team. some years. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, Woody Hayes did have Arch Schleister for a short period of time, right? He Or was that – that was an Earl Bruce. That I was think still, Earl I think, Bruce. Woody Hayes. That Was was it Earl Bruce that had Arch Schleister? I think so. I thought Woody had him, had Arch Maybe. Schleister. I, I could be wrong. I remember reading the book Straight Arrow when I was a kid, but I can't remember when the transition came. But the transition came abruptly because that was when Woody punched the kid in the throat <laughs> in, what was it, yeah. uh, the Peach Bowl or something like that? Against and uh, he was subsequently right. fired. Yeah, against Clemson. He was subsequently fired right after that. But yep. Yeah. Yep, so I'm going yep. old school. Yep, that yep, that's a absolutely. blast from the past. Absolutely, man. Good stuff. Great Anything show. else? Great show. Love it. I appreciate it, pal. Talk to you soon. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Give us a shout. Uh, if you want to chime in, by all means, do so. Uh, this was from Anthony who says, uh, do you think Aaron Rodgers' numbers only go up? How much did that opening interception piss him off? It's not only the opening interception, but it's the first interception he's thrown in a long time in the division when he threw that ball to Randall Cobb and just kind of tossed it up to toss it up, trying to see if Randall would go down and make a play or something would happen uh, in the game against the Vikings. Uh, I, I was, it was funny because I was coming home last night, and I was kind of thinking, this, you know, when you do this for a living, you think of weird stuff. And I'm thinking, statistically speaking, because Rodgers had a pretty good game. And I thought, well, if this thing only gets better and the young wide receivers begin to you know, kind of come of age, but Rodgers is still going to be really stingy with the ball because he really does pay attention to his touchdown to interception ratio. So, And there's going to be times where guys are going to be open. He's not going to see him or he's not going to trust him because he doesn't want to throw him the football because he does not want to turn it over, which on one hand is good. It can also be detrimental. But I thought, what if Rodgers has this spectacular year, right? And the Packers get to another NFC championship game. And Rodgers' numbers are gaudy. Suppose he goes 
45 touchdowns in one pick. And the that was the first deep pass he threw to Randall Cobb all season long. Just wailing it up to wail it up. If that's the only interception he throws, which is I know is weird. Because we know he's going to throw another pick or two or five before the season's over. But I was just kind of thinking to myself last night, what, what you know, what is how does he react to that number now? Because he hates to throw picks. We know that. But in the division, when he had the longest streak of any quarterback within the division, not to throw an interception and all that kind of stuff, I, that that Rodgers remembers things like an elf knows to, where to go to die. I mean, just has this memory that is so stellar, and so. I, I was, I was, it was funny you mentioned that because I was contemplating that. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break, come back. When we do, Mike Clemens is going to join us and we're going to recap what we saw last night and all the sights and sounds and such along the way. But we're going to talk a lot about it coming up. Stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Still a lot to go coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. We need to get them the ball more, especially in the run game. I thought our backs were just, I really loved how they competed. I mean, they were fighting for every inch out there. And I love the energy and the effort they bring, you know, and certainly want to get them more involved in our offense and, quite frankly, take a little bit of pressure off everybody else. Second and 11, just pitch it to the edge, to Aaron Jones, inside the five and in the end zone for a Green Bay touchdown. Welcome back to the program. Our buddy Mike Clemens joining us, brought to you by the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Bay Motel, quiet, cozy, comfortable, great place, family, food, all that kind of good stuff. Go to baymotelgreenbay.com. That is baymotelgreenbay.com. Real quick, uh, during the last segment, I kind of got thrown for a loop. I had to start thinking to myself. Uh, when we were talking about Art Schleister of the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I knew Art was 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 recruited by Woody Hayes. He did play for Woody Hayes. He played his freshman year for Woody Hayes. That was when the infamous punch happened. It wasn't the Peach Bowl. It was the Gator Bowl. I don't know why I screwed it up, but that was against Clemson. And freshman quarterback Art Schleister got Ohio State in a field goal range. And on the third and five at the Clemson 24 with 2.30 remaining, Hayes called a pass play rather than a run. Uh, It was picked, and uh, the rest is history. That's when, uh, you know, uh, Woody Hayes threw the punch and thus was, uh, was fired. And that's when Earl Bruce came in. So he played for both of them. So I, I knew I wasn't crazy. I knew I wasn't crazy, but I had to go back and check just to be sure. All right, uh, I've gotten through that crap. So in the meantime, Mike Clemens awaits. Michael, how you doing, buddy? Woody, with the silver rim glasses, remember that? Yep, yep. Yeah. Silver. A- he, all he needed was that little chain around his neck, and he could play canasta. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Yeah. So uh, last night, the Aaron Jones Show. Hello. How about that? How about that, right? Well, you know, and I didn't even see that much, quite frankly, in practice. And But, you know, that's, again, maybe some of that stuff that they do behind closed doors when they really get the misdirection going. But, you know, that's that's the offense that they hired Matt LaFleur for. And maybe they sold Aaron Rodgers on it a little bit more. And people wonder if Aaron Rodgers opts out of a lot of plays. 
but you talk to the other players on the team and you get, you know, this from LaFleur and the offensive coordinator and all that. Like, no, listen, Aaron Rodgers gets us into the right plays. It's not like he just wants to pass, pass, pass. Whatever the case, they stuck with the running play, with the running game. And Aaron Jones says after the Vikings debacle and only getting five or six carries, uh, Matt LaFleur came to him and A.J. Dillon during the week and told them, you guys get ready because we are going to run the football against Chicago. Coach came out and said, it, yeah, we're going to get you and A.J. the ball more and get you guys more involved. So uh, that just naturally put a smile on my face and uh, know that I had to uh, show up when he, when my number was called. And uh, that just pushes me that much harder. I think our blocking unit uh, did a great job coming out and just creating space for me, not just the O-line, but the receivers and tight ends as well. You were breaking a lot of tackles tonight. What's the what's the key to that? I mean, you're not obviously you're not AJ Dillon size, but you uh, broke a lot of tackles tonight. Stay slippery. Uh, I think I have a knack for breaking tackles and knowing how to get tackled or ro- like rolling with the tackle. So uh, just being elusive, making the most of every uh, every carry you get, not letting one one person take you down. That's our our uh, thing in the running back room. We don't believe that one person should be able to take you down in, in a one on one situation. So he talks about uh, the holes and getting outside. Now, a, the, the mention there by Bill Huber of Sports Illustrated, he's not A.J. Dillon's size. A.J. Dillon is a grinder. He's a pounder. We were talking about that earlier. He grinds on a defense, and then you come back with Aaron Jones, who just flat-out beats you to the outside with his speed. You get a different look. It's kind of looking looking at a guy that throws a 89-mile-an-hour a, a fastball, and you just can kind of tee off on it. But then all of a sudden, here comes the 100-mile-an-hour fastball that you can't catch up to, and that's mm-hmm. Aaron Jones. That's a good analogy. And what was interesting is it seemed like they came out with A.J. Dillon first, right? Off tackle. Right. You know, pounding the rock, pounding the rock. But then, you know, they, on third down or when they think that they had things set up, they would spring Aaron Jones to the outside. Now, listen, you know, we've been talking about the Jake Hansen, the backup center, playing right guard. During the preseason and even against the Vikings, you know, Zadarius Smith keyed on him and, and blew past him to get a sack on Aaron Rodgers. You know, he wasn't cutting it at right guard. And when Elton Jenkins had apparently full participation in Friday's practice and must have felt okay on Saturday, that's when they gave him the green light. So they put him back at right tackle, which just, you know, elevated the, the team. Uh, they put Royce Newman at right uh, guard. They started running the ball to the right side. It was all left side up in Minnesota. And uh, so, you know, Dillon gets 18 carries and 61 yards. Jones gets 15 carries, but he busted one for 36, 132 yards just on the ground. And and when he would get outside with that outside zone, there was one thing that Ben Sermons, his running back calls, was, is the two-way go. For these guys, if you get to the second level, the visuals, to, you know, to anticipate – whether you're going to cut in or cut out. And so Aaron Jones asked, talked about just how big the holes were last night against Chicago. Uh, the holes look massive. It's like you kind of, on some runs, you have a two-way go. You can hit it outside or you can cut it back inside. And when you have those choices and those lanes and that kind of space, it's, it's a good day. The thing we have talked about is just being a spark. Uh, you know, uh, when you run somebody over, you break a a long run, you can see the energy from the sideline. And last week uh, when I broke my little long run, you can see the, the sideline get energized. And so we know we can be a spark plug. So that's some of the things that we've talked about. Certainly so, if you have a huge package. <laughs> so last night, Mike, I we saw a lot of two-back sets. We saw, 
you know, where we talked about this. We didn't see a lot of that in game one, but last night we did, and we saw that in in uh, the preseason or in, in, in training camp, if you will, too. Right, yeah. And it was also, it helped him to get Alan Lazard back because he's a great blocker, and Elton Jenkins back at right tackle. And, you know, and you ask Aaron Jones, to see those two guys' faces in the huddle last night, what did that do for the team? Oh, yes, sir, it definitely did. Uh, you know, you, you felt their juice out there, just their presence alone uh, in the huddle. It, it sparks everybody. It gives everybody that juice, you know. Uh, we got our guys back. Uh, he's a lead, one of the leaders on the O-line, and Allen, one of the leaders in the receivers room. So you get uh, two of your key players back is, is definitely going to be a boost to confidence around everybody. Then Matt LaFleur, he had a lot of, uh, we'll say, positive things to say uh, about, uh, obviously, the, the running backs and what they did last night. Yeah, well, and A.J. Dillon, though, uh, he, he spoke uh, to the media as well. And, you know, when you got Jerry Kramer in there, uh, you know, you think about the power sweep from the Lombardi years, mm-hmm. and Amon Green, and you think about, you know, Horning and Taylor in the 60s, uh, or, you know, even William Henderson and Dorsey or Amon Green in the 90s and early 2000s, MacArthur Lane, you know, uh, you know, back in the early uh, 70s. You're thinking about these combos, and they haven't had a combo like this in a long time. And so A.J. Dillon talked about what his role is, almost like a fullback as a lead blocker for Aaron Jones into the end zone. You know, we knew we knew what it was going to be coming to this rivalry game, uh, especially uh, with the Bears. Always going to be one of those kind of got to just strap up your chin strap, bring your lunch pail to work. Uh, for me, you know, that being my brother, to be able to block for him to get him in the end zone, uh, you know, it's it's awesome. It's an awesome feeling uh, knowing he trusts to run behind me, and then obviously the rest of the blocking unit, and everything. Defense played their ass off today. Um, definitely gave us. You know, a lot of momentum, you know, just feeding off them in certain situations. That goal line stand was huge, huge in the momentum of the game. So, you know, it's awesome when the teams uh, collectively hitting like that uh, really works out. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, obviously the offense, the offensive line was okay. They weren't great. The running backs did a lot of work on their own, a lot of arm tackles, as uh, Aaron Jones alluded to, a lot of missed tackles as well. And also they were getting touches out of the backfield. Yeah, almost 200 yards of uh, of rushing for these guys last night. Um, A.J. Dillon kind of being unselfish and, and blocking for Aaron Jones. And LaFleur talked about this one-two punch uh, with Dillon and Aaron Jones. I'll tell you what, Aaron Jones, man, he was he was absolutely electric. Every time I think he was going down, he'd, he'd somehow find a way and squirt his way through and um, – just embodies everything that you want in, in, a, in a football player. The way he works, how selfless he is, how he cheers for his teammates, how he supports his teammates. They, they don't make many like this guy. He is one of a kind. It's not a surprise to me that he was elected a captain. Just the way he treats everybody in this building uh, just works his ass off. Um, I always call him 1A and 1A, uh, A.J. Dillon. You know, he he grinded out a lot of tough yardage. Some of those plays weren't weren't always blocked the best, but he was able to lower his pads and and get positive yards, which is absolutely pivotal for our success. And you know, one thing we talked about as an offense is just staying and having positive plays and consistent plays to stay out of those third and longs. And unfortunately, we still had too many third and long situations. But I thought uh, both those guys just. Ran really hard. I thought our offensive line did a pretty good job blocking. 
in the run game, and then also, you know, the receivers and tight ends did their job as well. Following up on the selfless part about Aaron, a lot of running backs in this league, if they don't get the ball as many times as they want, might have reacted differently. Did you hear a creep from him all week? Yeah, never. I've never heard anything. I, I, quite frankly, I, I don't know if I've ever heard a negative comment come out of his mouth. Not to say that it, I'm sure it happens. He's human. But around here, we, always, we have a rule, no complaining, no excuses. Never, never heard that from him. There you go, Matt LaFleur. Let's do this. We'll step away, take a quick break, come back. we got Mike Clemens on the line uh, chatting with us about last night's ball game. A lot of sight sounds coming out of the locker room as well. Stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show yet to go right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I got the the huddle. I was like, hey, after I scored a touchdown here, just so we could bring up the energy and the juice, I was like, I'm going to pour you guys some tea. I want you guys to drink the tea and do with it as you would like to. So we saw a different, a variety of celebrations after drinking the tea. I was going to clean my room until I got high. <laughs> I was going to get up. How about that? Little uh, little tea, tea time in the end zone. Not spilling the tea, not a gossip session. But the ayahuasca, 100 hands, feeling me up type of thing. I don't know if that includes a crotch grab or not, but nevertheless, everybody took a little sip in the end zone and then passed out after that. Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline. Mike, just this whole ayahuasca thing has just taken on a life of its own. Well, I felt it? so dumb. I felt so on a hip because here we are talking to Alan Lazard and, you know, great that he's back in the game and, had some nice catches in the touchdown catch. And, you know, I've known the guy since the start when he came up from the practice squad, uh, you know, out of Jacksonville and all that. And he's talking about the tea celebration. And I kind of picked that up from the press box. I didn't really quite see the monitor, what was going on. And so, you know, he's talking about, yeah, so I decided, I told the guys in the huddle, if I get the touchdown, we're going to have a tea party. And, and I said, tea party? And one of the TV reporters said, Mike, Aaron Rodgers and Joe Rogan thing. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> and then Lazard. Then he was asked, you know, hey, did it was Aaron Rodgers to hit to what the tea celebration, uh, you know, idea was all about? Uh, he must have because he, I feel like he had probably the best reaction. I think it just like the tea just overtook his body. <laughs> you kind of just see something just come up out of him, which is pretty cool. Uh, there you go. Just yeah, <laughs> just such a weird deal, man. With yeah, the, with the whole. Thing. Hey, over the yeah. weekend, uh, I, a friend of mine pointed out. So somewhere recently, Aaron Rodgers sat down with Bill Maher from yeah. you know the HBO political show, and mm -hmm. it's two hours of him sitting at Bill Maher's house, and Bill Maher is sitting there, you know, lighting up joints because I guess that's what he does on his podcast. Mm -hmm. It goes on for two hours. Like I watched about four or five minutes, and Bill Maher, uh, who I kind of like, just talked about himself and like didn't ask, you know, Aaron like a single question. So I said, okay, I, I don't have another two hours to sit through this. But you know, it's it's pretty open up there with number twelve. So uh, one thing that I thought that was impressive last night was spreading the ball around. Uh, three uh, passes to Aaron Jones, three to Randall Cobb to get key. Uh, first 
downs on third down. Uh, Christian Watson uh, catching the ball. Dubs uh, getting a couple. And then Lazard with, you know, the touchdown. Robert Tunyon got it. Two, 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 three, three, three. Not, you know, 15 to one receiver like Adams. And then what a beautiful pass to Sammy Watkins. Almost reminded me of that one that Watkins busted for Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl when they beat the 49ers down the right sideline there in Miami that you and I covered. And so Sammy gets that 55-yard catch in the fourth quarter and talked about uh, that play call. Great play call by coaches. Um, and I just did. I just freaking ran fast. And that was really that was really simple, the easy part. But great play call. Um, you know, defense was coming in the box. They think we run the ball. And we freaking literally on the five-yard line, I think. And it was a gussy play call by the coaches. And literally, I just ran my route fast as I can. And Aaron laid it out there, and I just went up under it and ran up under it. Um, yeah, it's Sammy Watkins. I, I thought they, they ran that play a couple of times where Sammy was crossing, and I kept noting, noting he was, you know, open. And then finally, yeah, they went back and uh, and got into that. And, you know, certainly, uh, you know, he busted for 55 yards. So a big play for Sammy Watkins and something that I think they set up beautifully. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is that, you know, the Bears did get some pressure uh, on Aaron Rodgers last night as well. And, you know, you know about Robert Quinn, that he was coming off the outside. They would line up him uh, and, and the other defensive end, way out, Gibson way outside the tackles and they were making a beeline for Rodgers and they got home two or three times last night they hit him four times and and Rodgers got banged up against the you know the Vikings as well so you know they they were speeding up his clock as well but that's why it was so great to see them get the running game going because then you know then that makes the play action that sells it makes it more believable now here here Bill I thought this is an excellent moment of coaching uh, the Bears start getting some momentum uh, again finally there in the fourth quarter, and they're driving down the field, and then Justin Fields makes that run to the corner there, and it looks like he's got a touchdown, and it's under further review. So you're asking LaFleur after the game about stopping the Bears at the goal line, momentum swing and all that, and listen to him talking about while that, that long review is going on, what are you doing as a coach? And listen to him say, that's what I'm talking to uh, Jason Vrabel, my wide receiver coach, and my offensive coordinator, Adam Stanovich, about, okay, and the, what's the next thing we could do on offense, you know, the, from what we just saw in the last series? And that's when they came up with the, the play to Watkins in the next drive. So they're, while, while they're wasting time or going through that long review process, he's talking about the next drive. And at the same time, what is he telling Joe Barry about if, in fact, the Bears get a touchdown at this point? Yeah, no, it was it was tough because all, all I told Joe Barry was get a two-point play ready to defend because I, I couldn't tell. Uh, I was, you know, I think whatever way the officials ruled it, it would have sta- it would have stood. And I think a lot of time those. Those spot foul or those uh, those uh, when you challenge a spot or whenever it gets reviewed, those are tough to overturn. But um, you know, I thought it was pretty inconclusive. Again, whichever way it would have gone, it probably would have uh, up, been upheld. Um, but yeah, it certainly um, 
we were racking our brain about what, what we wanted to run on offense during that long intermission. And, um, you know, we came up with a couple of the, the big play pass was one of the one of the adjustments we made on the sideline. Um, our receivers did, did a great job communicating to, to Jason Brable. He relayed that to me and we kind of made up a play uh, with with that option and thankfully our guys did a great job blocking and we went out there and Aaron threw a great ball to Sammy and he made the play. Packers, Mike, uh, we talked about it. Defensively, they got gashed on a couple of drives. The very first one and really the last one before they made the goal line stand. But in between, they did a magnificent job. Right after they got gashed in an opening drive, it was three straight three and outs for a total of, uh, I think it was like uh, only three yards in the in that particular quarter, in the second quarter. Man, they did a hell of a job. Yeah, the biggest uh, pass play for the Bears was the 39-yarder to Equinemius St. Brown. Uh, mm-hmm. And they, they shut out. Uh, uh, they shut out Darnell Mooney. I mean, the guy had zero, really, last night in that game. Uh, Rasul Douglas made some huge plays and open field tackles last night. And Preston Smith, at outside linebacker, said, did, did the Green Bay defense have to adjust the game plan after the Bears drove for that touchdown in their opening drive? Uh, no, nah, we just made sure we made those mistakes, man. It was a lot of mistakes that was made on that first drive that, you know, a lot of people wouldn't know, but internally we know we had to play more sound and move faster and play more with a sense of urgency. And we came out there, and, uh, and after, the, after those drives, we played with sense of urgency, got lined up, played, and made sure that we didn't make a lot of mistakes again. Yeah, it's, um, you know, again, it was just a matter of, I kind of guess, shoring things up. And really the last couple of drives seemed like the Packers defensively kind of felt that they'd already salted that game away. In the meantime, the Bears take their first loss of the season. And I don't think the Bears are as good as what maybe people were starting to think because they got that win over the 49ers in an absolute monsoon. I think last night kind of exposed them as to still what they are. That was an iconic weekend for the Bears, though. Brand new head coach. So much excitement, and then how the the Bears prevailed in the win with a tough defense and a running game, and you know they were sure on special teams, and they they had an interception or two, and they they also you know had some penalties racked up, but for Justin Fields to do that slip and slide in the end zone and jump up and pose, man, that was awesome, awesome TV for for that team, and then. They come up to Green Bay and they get their asses kicked again. And you know they've now lost mm-hmm. eleven, no, twelve of the last thirteen, the last seven in a row. And Matt Eberflus had to talk about his team after his first his first loss as an NFL head coach. You know, as I talk to the players in the locker room there, you know, we still have our twenty four hour rule. And when you when this happens, you have adversity. It stings and it hurts, and you have to soak that in because. Uh, you know, it's the same with thing with victory. You know, you only can hold on to that for so long, then you got to let it go. Um, you're right. I mean, he's right. Uh, you only go with it for a certain period of time, and you got to get done. But I still think that they're only, you know, a team that's very one-dimensional. I think Justin Fields is a is a run-first guy. He's not an overly accurate passer. They don't have a ton of weapons. I think they got a long way to go. I talked to a guy that covers the Bears last week who said, you know, I don't think the plan for them this season for Justin Fields is to throw more than 20 or 25 passes a game. So far in two games, he's only thrown 29, only 11 last night. You know, you got Luke Getzies as offensive coordinator. They're all putting it on David Montgomery's back. And, of course, they got crushed in terms of time of possession. Green Bay had the ball 37 minutes, and they just, you know, the Bears couldn't convert on third down. But Eberflus was asked with, with only 11 past attempts, is the Bears' offense looked at as being one-dimensional right now? 
Yeah, I mean, I always think that on offense you have to have balance, you know. So we're gonna have to look at that, and we'll look at that, you know, as we as we assess the game and evaluate the game. And and uh, but man, the way we were running it, I mean, shoot, we were running it really well, and we were still in the game at that point. So um, we were going with what was working for us. Justin Fields, Mike, uh, like I'd say to before, he. You know, I know there's a lot of optimism that he's going to be something, and I thought coming into this season he would be, and I, it's still way too early to kind of tell, but he still looks like that quarterback that, uh, you know, is okay. He's, you know, going to be a placeholder until they actually find somebody who can really play quarterback. He's, you know, he, he can run with a football, but he's not Lamar Jackson, and frankly I don't think he can pass as well as him. But he, he this kid hasn't flinched yet, and even though he only had, you know, 11 attempts, 7 completions, a quarterback rating of 43.8, and then the one pick, you know, late in the game that uh, Jair was able to get. Um, he was asked, look, you guys came out with an impressive opening drive. What bogged you guys down the rest of the game? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, we had, you know, penalties. I think that, you know, stopped our momentum a little bit. So uh, I think you know, the main thing with that is just can't shoot ourselves in the foot. We've got to stay on track on first and second down and uh, just keep ourselves out of third and longs. Let's do this. We've got another segment left in. It's Mike Clemens joining us. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at J&L Tire Service right out there in Johnson Creek, right north of 94. Can't miss it. Great people, but even more so, they do a lot for the community to so support good people, honest people when it comes to tires, brakes, car repair, semi-repair, whatever it happens to be. Look for them. That's uh, J&L Tire Service. JNLTire.com. JNLTire.com. Final segment of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The second half was frustrating, but it's tough to win this league, so I'm very happy. Just like them, we expected to win this game. So, you know, I'm not up here surprised about what happened. Felt like we had a good week of practice, and if we just played our game, that this was the type of outcome that, that could happen. But I'm disappointed in the second half. The words of Aaron Rodgers. Welcome back to the program. Again, Mike Clements brought to you by our friends at uh, the Bay Motel Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, comfortable. That's the place to go. Go to baymotelgreenbay.com. That's baymotelgreenbay.com. So, you know, uh, Matt LaFleur uh, didn't I, – I don't think they have much right now, Mike, of a downfield game. They don't have that legitimate threat yet. Christian Watson could possibly be that guy. Romeo Dobbs can possibly be that guy. But right now it's a lot of motion, a lot of get the ball in the hands of your playmakers, let them do their thing. It's not managing an offense. You don't want to be a, quote, a game manager if you're Aaron Rodgers. But that's kind of what he needs to do right now. You know, I uh, on the way to the game, I was listening to some of the national reports on what was going around the league, and a veteran dropped the ball, and the and the host on the national show said he looked like Christian Watson on that play, like oh god, the kid. <laughs> you know, after that drop in the Vikings, he's become the poster boy for drop footballs. But that's supposed to be the go-to guy. But it got to be the fourth quarter last night. And, you know, it's all good. You know, you're, you, Mason Crosby kicks the field goal. You weren't able to convert after the big deep pass to Sammy uh, Watkins. And you're up 27-10. you got alumni night. you got 78,000. You're on prime time. And Aaron Rodgers comes off and yanks that chin strap off, and he's not happy. And he's talking to LaFleur, and he's not happy. And he's talking to Tom Clements, and he's not happy. And he didn't throw the tablet. But, and then LaFleur was talking him off the ledge. 
talking him down, and then gave him a big hug like, dude, you got the win. We got the W. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is like, we should have scored that drive. And we had all those plays, and we couldn't get it in, and we had to settle for the field goal, and we got Tampa Bay coming up next. And, you know, this is the crap that we need to work on in the coming week. And in the meantime, Matt LaFleur was asked about, why did you guys get off to that bumpy start at the start of the game? Yeah, no, obviously the the first drive uh, was a bit frustrating, um, especially with kind of what tr- uh, transpired with our first offensive drive. We were moving the ball pretty well and, um, you know, had not, this is not an excuse. It's going to come off that way, but I promise you it's not. We were having some serious headset issues where it kept cutting out, and uh, it just we tried to switch it in the middle of a, a play, and it, it it was kind of disaster. But uh, needless to say, our our defense, yeah, they they hit. I think it was that when they hit the flea flicker on us, um, and you know they they were able to move the ball down the field and came away with seven. But I thought all in all, our defense regrouped, and I thought every time I looked out there, we were playing pretty physical. Um, and you got to give the Bears a ton of credit. I mean, David Montgomery is a premier back in this league. His ability to break tackles and just how hard he runs is uh, it's pretty impressive to watch. Don't want to see that, but, uh, you know, you got to give him credit because he battled. And I thought their entire team battled for four quarters, but um, it, was, it was great. I thought we got pretty good pressure on, on fields. Um, and, you know, to give up 10 points in this league, that's pretty special. And I know that you, you can look at the stats. I don't have them in front of me, but um, certainly we don't, we don't want to give as many rushing yards as we did. But uh, to hold the team to, what was it, 70-some-odd yards passing, I think that's pretty special. I, you know, Mike, again, I, I saw at that point when Aaron Rodgers was getting irritated because things kept cutting out. He was like, come on, come on, come on. And they actually had to call a timeout at one point because I think they had some issues trying to get a play in on, or a couple plays in on time yesterday. Yeah, you, I, I even saw that in the fourth quarter with the binoculars looking. I mean, he kept on pointing to his helmet and, and everything. So last night you saw improved play on defense. You, you were trying to see some improvement on special teams. And then you got Aaron Rodgers handed off to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. It's more of a run, you know, misdirection offense. And so LaFleur was asked, are you turning Aaron Rodgers into a game manager quarterback? Definitely not a game manager because there's so much that we put on his shoulders in terms of him getting us into the right place. I mean, that that takes a lot. Um, You know, and then just some of the off-schedule plays he made today, you know, running around. I thought early on it felt like the rush was kind of getting to him a little bit. I mean, we, we didn't have great protection. Um, and just to to have that mental toughness, because that's, that's not easy when you feel that barreling down on you and you get sacked a couple times. And every time he gets hit, I, I cringe. Uh, just, hey, man, I, I want him to get up. And um, But, yeah, he made a huge off-schedule play to Kavi. I think uh, right before the half, I want to say, and um, he, he he does so much for this football team, and just the way he leads our guys, and um, he, he, I thought he played outstanding. Did he, did he pull the ball on that third down run, or was that by design? You'll never know. There you go. That's Matt LaFleur after the game. Mike, great stuff, buddy. 
Thank you, Bill. All right, pal. Talk to you soon. That's going to do it on a Monday edition. Got two football games coming tonight. Coming up tonight, the one we're going to watch is the Vikings and the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. By all means, uh, the Buffalo Bills see if they can go two and zero and keep everybody's Super Bowl hopes alive uh, in the Buffalo, New York area. You got Brewers baseball coming up tonight. That'll do it. Good one. Time for us to go. Have a go. The Bill Michael Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. 